We're podcasting from the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA. I'm Public Affairs Officer Taylor Henry. And joining me by phone today from Camarillo, California, is Air Force Second Lieutenant Tyler Harris, who is a co-sponsored seminary in formation to become a priest and hopefully a chaplain in the U.S. Air Force. Lieutenant Harris, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much, Mr. Henry. I appreciate it. And so tell me about your background. Uh, You're 38 years old, correct? That's correct. Uh, And you have been in the Air Force for quite some time. Yeah, for 17 17 years, going on 18. How did it come about that you discovered your vocation? Um, I discovered my vocation when I was uh, in basic training. Uh, it's May of 2001, uh, and uh, I was at Mass during basic training, and as uh, a lot of us go, and uh, the priest who was there um, was like nothing, no one had ever seen before. Uh, he was very energetic, dynamic, uh, funny, had a lot of passion for the gospel, um, and he was a very uplifting individual. He was a regular, he just came across as just a regular guy, and hadn't to that point, really, um, seeing a priest like that. And so after watching him after a while, and I don't know, the light bulb kind of just popped on, and I was watching him one day, I was at Mass, and listening, and uh, and just said, you know what, I think I'd like to do that. And um, So that's where it kind of started, and then uh, I talked to him about it, um, went to him, and told him I thought I had made a mistake, and went to... Uh, going to the Air Force and realizing I feel like I have a vocation to the priesthood all of a sudden. And and he uh, he actually told me that I could work for the chaplaincy. And uh, I was really shocked, to be honest, because I didn't think you could actually do something like that in the Air Force. And uh, so I interviewed for a chaplain assistant uh, job, which they call religious affairs now for the Air Force. And um, uh, got it and, um, and just started on my journey. So... What does a chaplain assistant do? Or you said there's a new name for it. What is it? Re- religious affairs. Religious special. affairs personnel. Got yeah. it. Yeah. So they provide logistics uh, for the chaplain corps. Um, that could be readiness, uh, financial training, volunteers, um, multimedia uh, worship setup. There's a varied uh, accounting. There's a varied number of tasks and jobs and responsibilities that they have. Uh, providing a religious support team uh, on uh, coverage on visitations to the units. Um, they can be, I like to call them the, the kind of the EMTs of, uh, uh, you know, helping people out when when they're in distress, right? So kind of help stabilize folks, and then they hand them off to the chaplains um, to get them the kind of counseling and things they need. So they can stabilize folks uh, if they're in crisis. Um, they also have uh, privileged communication in the sense that um, if you talk to them, whatever stays with them stays with them. So um, it'd be provided uh, really um, uh, invaluable uh, support to our chaplain corps, and uh, being able to be one of those helps me be able to understand how to uh, not only utilize them in the future as a chaplain, but to really appreciate all their capabilities, and so that uh, we can uh, better serve our uh, men and women uh, who. Uh, work really hard to defend our country so that 
provide the religious support that they need uh, and or any other counseling that needs as well. And in a combat situation, you serve as the chaplain's bodyguard. Yes, that's correct. Um, in extreme situations, we do, but uh, it'd be a pretty rough day if we're the ones <laughs> protecting <laughs> our chaplains. We'll probably don't keep our heads down. Because the, but, chaplain, uh, the chaplains themselves don't carry weapons. Correct. They're not combatants. That's correct. Right. Uh, okay, so this was 2001, and you had uh, something of a conversion experience. And here it is now, 2018. So what happened in the 17 years in between? Oh, man, how much time do you have? <laughs> a lot of things, a lot of stuff. Um, I mean, just because when you get your vocation doesn't mean that that's, uh, uh, you're ready to answer it, right? So, um, you know, my first assignment was Ramstein, Germany. Um, I believe I was uh, around 18, 19 years old. Um, and so this was you're before- 19 years old. This was before you became a chaplain assistant, right? No, this is all. I was a chaplain assistant. I see. Right yeah, okay, so, so you were, you were in, an enlisted. In, yes, I was an enlisted person. I came in with an Aaron Basic. I didn't have any stripes on my sleeve. Uh, I came in Aaron Basic, and um, my first assignment was it was Germany, Ramstein, overseas. I was there for two years. And, you know, you're 19 years old, um, and you're overseas. I mean, you're going to go out and have some little fun, I would imagine, right? So, um yeah, so mm-hmm. you learn to try to figure out that balance between, um, you know, trying to be a good Catholic and um, trying to discover who you are and, and what, you know, what you like to do. And um, marriage is, you know, was on the table and the idea of thinking about family was there too. But um, with this vocation, you know, God, as they call the hound of heaven, continues to, you know, poke at you and... Um, just never really uh, left me alone. So I had been in uh, several relationships and things like that but throughout this journey, but it's uh, come to find out that, that this is really where God wants me to be, and, and the more I stopped fighting that, uh, the better, the better uh, things got and uh, the more happier I got. And um, Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be at this point in my journey. I'm a third-year uh, theology. I'm just starting third year theology, so I'll be a deacon at the end of uh, next summer, about May 28th of next year, and uh, really, really excited about that. I did a lot of um, school work in between that time. I finished uh, my philosophy degree at Patrick Seminary up in uh, Menlo Park, and then I got moved down to St. John's in Camarillo, where I'm at now. Uh, I just came off of my pastoral year, actually, so I spent a year in a parish and uh, uh, in St. Joseph's in Napomo, which is absolutely wonderful. And, uh, um, yeah, and I'm studying for the Diocese of Monterey uh, currently. And what is your home diocese? Uh, Monterey. And uh, now tell me about uh, your bishop uh, who recently passed away. Yeah, his name is uh, Bishop Richard Garcia. And um, I met him back in uh, 2011, I think. Uh, and so we started talking um, a couple years. I knew him a couple years prior to me even joining this. And uh, just, uh, just getting getting to know each other. Um, I think it's really important to have a really good relationship with your bishop to know who you uh, to know who he is, and so you can understand who you are better. And um, he has been an absolute tremendous help uh, in the whole process of um, saying yes to God. And um, he's a, he was a very, very gentle 
and loving man. Um, he was very much a spiritual father to me. Uh, just an inspirational guy. You know, the guy you walk in the room and he just lights up a room and um, big smile, big guy. And uh, it's just, it was wonderful um, having the opportunity to just, you know, to, to serve with him um, and to be uh, part of his diocese. And um, one of the things that, you know, it was it's funny, every time he saw me, he just said, you know, I can't wait to, I can't wait to get you ordained and, you know, put his arm around me. And, um, I, it, it's, we were really spoiled to have a bishop like that who, um, spent so much time getting to know a seminarian. Um, and, uh, it, yeah, he, he's going to be deeply missed, but, um, I definitely keeping him in my prayers at all the masses I go to. And, um, I know that we've got another person, uh, up in heaven, cheer me on in the race, and um, so yeah. So he's he's a, he's a big part of my life, and he's, uh, his image of priesthood is definitely something that I would love to emulate, and, uh, especially the the joy part of his life. Um, just has so much joy uh, and energy for for ministry for people for the poor. Um, so yeah, it's, he, since he's actually a military, his dad is actually in the navy. So he uh, that was one of the reasons why. He, he agreed to co-sponsor me because he had a military connection already, and uh, so when I talked to him about it, he he was all on board for letting me go back to back to duty and uh, and then being a chaplain. So yeah, he's a, he's a he's a he's a really big uh, influence in my life. And for the benefit of our listener who doesn't understand the structure of the Archdiocese for the military services, all of our chaplains have their own home diocese. And they come That's to uh, so you're incarnated uh, in California, but uh, when the time comes for you to go back on active duty in the Air Force as a chaplain, you will do so with endorsement and faculties from the Archdiocese for the Military Services. That's correct. But uh, as well as so, the day I get ordained, I could say I could sign paperwork uh, and send it to the Reserve Command and. Um, I'll serve as a as a chaplain on the Air, in the Air Force Reserves for three years prior to being eligible to go back to active duty. And not so, not uh, a day too soon for the uh, Catholics in the Air Force because uh, uh, there are uh, approximately three hundred eighteen thousand uh, on active duty in the Air Force, and twenty five percent of those are Catholic. And we currently have only sixty. Uh, Catholic priests on active duty in the U.S. Air Force. And I know that uh, during the time you were in uh, the Middle East with uh, Air Force Colonel Mark Rowan, Father Mark Rowan, actually Monsignor Mark Rowan, you were his assistant, and you saw firsthand the consequences of a chaplain shortage, correct? Absolutely. Sure. He, he, had, to perform, he had to perform over uh, around seven masses on a weekend uh, at times. Uh, not for just the military personnel, but he was also, uh, let's say, mass for um, some of the civilian personnel working on base who are from other countries and things like that. So, uh, yeah, he provided a tremendous service. Um, and I get to see firsthand just the, the rigors and the responsibilities of that are placed on uh, Catholic chaplains. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit different load uh, than your regular chaplains have, and um, it's uh, the really special ministry that they have, and uh, it's vital. 
and he's uh, it's just the amount of good that I got to see and uh, impact that he made on other people's lives uh, was great. So, D- describe for us a typical day on your deployment to Afghanistan. Um, so whenever you're in Afghanistan, we just actually we just landed there. Um, we we're there for a very short time. Um, um, we spent more time together in Kuwait. Um, so a typical day in Kuwait uh, would be, uh, you know, you get to work around 7.30, um, kind of see who's in there. Our chapel at the time had a uh, library in it, and it was a kind of a Wi-Fi hub. So it actually attracted lots of people. Um, we'd have folks come in uh, for counseling. We'd have folks come in uh, to practice, you know, music. Uh, we had instruments for them to play. We had um, a library for them to used to, to read, and we'd get so many care packages in. Um, a friend of mine, actually, a church in Texas, um, uh, we coordinated, we sent a, sent a lot of care packages um, to our folks during that time, and um, that was tremendous. Um, we just, it was, it was always busy. We had uh, distinguished transfer responsibilities, uh, which means that when folks downrange uh, passed on, um, we would we'd do the distinguished transfer um, ceremonies, ramp ceremonies, and um, spend time with uh, uh, the, the mortuary affairs folks, uh, as well as going on the flight line and uh, spending time with the men and women who maintain and help control and uh, operate uh, different uh, uh, aircraft platforms that we have down there. And uh, so, yeah, so there isn't. I wouldn't. The, the great thing about being in the Chapman Corps, I don't. I would never consider anything as a typical day. I mean, you never know who's going to come to the door, um, which is one of the reasons I love the job. Um, every day is different, um, um, and so um, you're always, uh, you know, you got to be flexible on on how you react to things. And so some days are, you know, we get a lot of people come in. A lot some days it's dead, so we'll go out and we'll go, we'll go find them. So. Um, yeah, so there's just a lot of logistical support that goes on um, so, taking care of our chaplains. So doing a little bit of number crunching, there's uh, 318 or so thousand, 318,000 sure. active duty members of the Air Force. 25% of those are Catholic. That's about 80,000. So you have 80,000 airmen and air, well, they're all, whether they're men or women or airmen, right? Yes, sir. And, and uh so... Uh, you have uh, 80,000 uh, airmen who are Catholic and only 60 active-duty priests, so that comes out to be one priest for about every 1,300 airmen. That would be a challenge for any priest, pastor, uh, or otherwise uh, chaplain in the military. And the, on top of all that, the 1,300 are spread all over the world. <laughs> yeah, so, that's true. But, uh, that you, we, but you would hope that all 1,300, uh, you, you would hope that all of those, uh, actually do go to Mass, right? So, you know, being Catholic, and you hope they're practicing, right? So that's kind of the goal of the Air Force priests have, right? So trying to get, um, we do might have a large Catholic population on base. For instance, when I was at North Dakota, we had a large Catholic population on base. However, um, we had four Catholic churches downtown. And so mine was really Catholic city. Um, and so... Getting folks to, to come to worship services on base is sometimes difficult. Um, but I've been at other uh, bases where there's absolutely packed. And so, yeah, it, 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 the numbers vary from base to base. And um, I think uh, 
that's the fun challenge of, of I think being a priest is letting folks know that you're on station and letting them know that you uh, want to provide for them uh, the sacraments and um, getting them excited about their faith and uh, getting them engaged in their faith and um, I think that's the that's the fun challenge I definitely uh, look forward to doing and um, and the fact that I've gotten to see so many uh, priests and and other chaplains uh, do that over the do it over the years is, uh, I don't know I just feel it's like a tremendous advantage and it was just one of those um, those lessons in life that you just you know you can't go to school to learn right so um, working with folks and, um, and learning how to provide for their needs and uh, talk to them and uh, and try to dispel uh, some maybe falsehoods about the faith and um, encouraging them to live out their their baptismal uh, uh, walk is is just I don't know just a tremendous uh, opportunity and journey. And you began sensing your vocation back in 2001, and here it is 2018. You're you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Another couple of years, yes. you'll be ordained. Yeah, it must absolutely. have it, the 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 sense of vocation must have been incredibly strong. Yes, it, it has been, and um, it's something that that you know I've been fighting against for a long time, uh, which is why you know there's a big gap there. Um, I actually joined, uh, went to seminary in May of. Uh, 2005, I was in Conception Abbey uh, for about a year and a half, and then I left, and um, I didn't go back to the seminary until um, around 2012. Um, so, yeah, I worked for Air Force Reserve Command a lot between that time, uh, but I had so many different priests and, uh, and folks to be able to talk to. My parents were incredibly supportive. Uh, my vocation, my family is, and uh, my friends, and so it's they've been with me through the whole, you know, the ups and downs, and um, uh, it's 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 not easy. I told somebody, I said, you know, it's in 2020. Who wants to be a Catholic priest in 2020 with all of the pressures and all of the all of the stresses and things that are going on? And um, it's countercultural. It is. It absolutely is. And but the good thing is, uh, thing I've learned is. You just need to trust God, and God has been absolutely there for me every step of the way. Um, and I think that's the one thing that that I know that, despite how you know life goes up and down, um, the Mass in particular has been really the one true north in my life. The one thing that never changes, um, and so it's a it's a beautiful um, rounding point in my life that. Um, has brought me a lot of joy, and to be able to uh, provide that opportunity, that stability um, that God provides in our lives through the Eucharist, um, uh, to be able to provide it for other folks is is incredibly humbling. Um, and, uh, you know, as you say, none of us are worthy of doing it, uh, and I put my name on the top of that list of that. But it's uh, it's it's just a tremendous opportunity. Um, and the good thing is, is that, you know, this process, it takes a while. It's just like a nine, seven to nine-year process for most guys going to the seminary. So when you start the process, you know, and I did, I realized this was going to take about nine years. Um, you get all the schooling you needed done. you got to get a four-year uh, degree in uh, philosophy. Um, and then you go and do five years of, of, of the theologate. 
with uh, pastoral year. So four years of uh, theology with, with a pastoral year. So I actually uh, took a break after my uh, after getting my philosophy degree done. Um, I spent a lot of time at Travis Air Force Base. That's where I met uh, the chancellor of the, of the AMS currently, uh, Father Robert Cannon. And um, uh, he, uh, along with uh, Monsignor Owen, um, have just been really um, huge supporters of my vocation and, and places that... Uh, uh, people that that uh, help really help me really understand what it is that I'm um, God's asked me to do, and and they live out their priesthood in, a, in an amazing way that that I uh, I respect um, both of them very very much, and um, so it makes the process easier. Uh, and then plus my 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 fellow seminarians, my brothers in my diocese, and other uh, guys that I go to school with, um, uh, you're not you're never doing this alone. And so that's the other part that, that I appreciate about this is that it's been a, a tremendous journey. So um, I look I look forward to uh, the end of this year and and becoming a deacon and um, and then and then ultimately becoming a priest in twenty in uh, twenty twenty. So uh, yeah, it's been it's been an amazing journey. It's been a lot of ups and downs, but I think you know kind of what life is and to be able to. Um, finish, uh, just be a tremendous success. So I just, I look forward to it. What is your current military status? So I'm a chaplain candidate and I'm a second lieutenant. I'm in the Air Force Reserves. Um, and, uh, so I'm, I try to think of it's the purgatory of, of the, <laughs> of the military. You're kind of in this in-between stage, right? So I'm in the reserves. I'm not a, I'm not a full chaplain, uh, as of yet. But I am an officer and, um, and a chaplain candidate, and so um, I will uh, reappoint. I'll go. I'll do actually do another 35 day tour next summer, and then I'll have um, I'll get the opportunity to reappoint as a chaplain right after my ordination. So. so it's been a long road from the time you entered the Air Force as an airman, right? Oh sure, yeah. I was I, I was a master sergeant. Actually. Yeah. Oh, you so were. You were a master sergeant. Yeah. That I was your first master. rank. No, I was at Airman Basic. So I see. Those, uh, Airman you, Basic, uh, and then worked your way up to Master Sergeant. And since you got into yeah, the, yeah. since mm-hmm. you got into the uh, uh, the uh, Chaplain Candidate Program, you automatically received an officer's rank. Is that correct? That's 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 correct. I got commissioned uh, last. Week. Well, congratulations on all of that, U.S. Air Force Second Lieutenant Tyler Harris a member of the Air Force Reserve's Chaplain Candidate Program. Uh, Lieutenant Harris is scheduled to be ordained a transitional deacon next year and to be ordained a priest in 2020. And if all goes as planned, you'll be back on active duty in the Air Force as a chaplain in 2023. Lieutenant Harris, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your service. And thank you for talking to me today. Mr. Henry, I really appreciate uh, the opportunity, and um, I guess to anybody listening to this, I just really say just to, just to trust God. Um, he's going to always be there for you, and um, just, you know, if He's knocking on your door, uh, answer the call, and um, He'll put you on an amazing adventure. I, I promise you that. Sounds like great advice. Thank you again. Thank you so much.